SAFM Sports Wrap. Thanks for the money wave team. They're back again tomorrow. I'm Brad Brown with you for the next half hour. Uh, we're going to try and squeeze all our stories in. A busy sporting day. The big story, Minister of Sport and Recreation, Tulas Ngayesi, has reinstated the right to bid for international events of South African Rugby Union, Cricket South Africa and Netball South Africa. We'll hear more from the Minister later on on this evening's show. In some football news, Supersports United midfielder Tebojo Mukwena says uh, tonight's clash against uh, Cape Town City is an opportunity for them to show Stuart Baxter uh, their appreciation. Baxter was appointed as Bafana Bafana coach last week and will wrap up the season with Matatanta. Mokwena says it's a big match tonight, but he's looking forward to saying thanks to the coach. I contributed a lot in my career. I, 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 I will lie. I must work hard to say thank you to him. So I, sure. I really don't know what to say because he did, he did something that, did, that, that may be to be today. Even though Supersport are out of the title race, McQuenna says there's lots to play for tonight. It is very important that we win so that we can have a chance to be in the top top four in the league. So I think the boys are ready. We'll see what will happen, but I think the boys are ready and we'll see the game then now. We are searching now it should each. Coming up next here on SAFM, we're going to be chatting or hearing uh, from Minister Tulas Ngwesi about uh, that report that was released today. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, the big news of the day is that the Minister of Sport and Recreation, Tulas Ngwesi, has reinstated the right to bid for international events for South African rugby, cricket and netball after the three sporting federations met their transformation targets for 2015 and 2016. This follows the announcement of the Eminent Persons Group Transformation Status Report that was presented at Loftus Fasfeld in Pretoria today. This means that SA Rugby can continue with their 2023 Rugby World Cup bid. Messi says the sporting codes have achieved the 50% transformation targets that they had set for themselves. Well, it, it comes from the sports parameter, the targets which they were set, and uh, they were set with the previous minister. Uh, it becomes very clear that whilst they've not done well in other areas, you might have seen in relation to the issues of management, the presidents and so on, they've not done well. But in terms of their efforts to meet the targets, they've, they've, they've gone beyond 50%. And then we are saying, therefore, if they have been able to do that, then they have the right to, to bid for and host those international activities. And if you go into the report and, and analyze it factor by factor, you would be able to see that uh, they have been able to meet that target which they set themselves. And uh, that's what Minister Mbalula signed with them. Despite these three sporting codes regaining the right to bid for international events, the picture is gloomy when it comes to transformation of sport leadership in the country. Compared to the last review of 2015-2016, which had had South African Sports Confederation and Olympic Committee SASCOC board 51% generic black, for this current review period it dropped to 28%. Ngaisi says this is alarming because there were results of uh, last year's elections. We have raised our disappointments with the outcome of that election. And I know that even uh, the chair of the portfolio committee in parliament and the whole committee were not happy 
I think uh, they've, they've had to address the matter by co-opting uh, some of the people as full board members into that. But I think the various federations must do some reflections on the outcomes of that. It, it can never be allowed. We don't say we want um, to state manage or manipulate, but it's a question of consciousness that you can't at this time in South Africa, this day and age, elect a board which is majority white, but also it's a reflection of those federations, of their representatives into the bigger council, which, which does the election. So it doesn't just start up there, it also starts with the very federations themselves. The fourth sporting code that was banned last year for bidding on international events was Athletics South Africa, and they were unfortunate ones again this year. Despite failing to meet its transformation targets that it had set, Messi was quick to acknowledge the good work done by the current executive as athletes continue to set the scene alight at international level. But Messi was scathing on the lack of systems and governance structures at Athletics South Africa that have resulted in them not submitting the required data. You, you have presented us with a dilemma. Your score against the targets you set for yourselves is again less than 50%. And yet the department senses that things are improving under the new leadership. And of course, you made South Africa proud by your performance of your athletics in Rio. If we look more closely at the data on athletics contained in the EPG report, we see that the problem is that you simply didn't provide data against a number of categories. This points to a lack of systems and poor structures and governance in the code. My department will work with you to address these challenges. We are not, we are not there to be punitive, but to be corrective. Of particular concern is the positive of the data in relation to the club and school athletics. The very bedrock of our sports system and essential to ensuring sustainability of the code over the long run and, and at the highest level. If the triumphs of Rio are to be sustained, this must be addressed. And therefore, and I emphasize this one, issuing a directive to Athletic South Africa. CEO, I hope you're listening. Deputy President, you, I hope you're Vice President, you're listening. To Athletic South Africa to directly exercise control over the South African Schools Athletics Association, SASA, with the intention of strengthening governance, accountability, alignment, and the organization of the competitions and identification of talent. In other words, strengthening the skills pipeline from the schooling sector, you also need to work closely with the EPG to provide the necessary data for 2016-17. By the way, the message is the same to all the federations, to government and sporting structures, embrace reporting requirements. This is a hallmark of accountability and good government. To some, this could be pointed out as a baptism of fire for Nwesi, as he only replaced Fakile Mbalula, who is now Minister of Police last month. Mbalula had been in charge of this department for seven years and set up this EPG, which is in its fourth year of existence. With World Rugby set to decide on the 2023 hosts in November this year, Nwesi has been quick to say that SA Rugby's transformation targets will continuously be monitored. Let's, let's, let's not preempt. Let's just be positive, but our assessment and uh, our follow-up, it's going to be on an annual basis.
and possibly if they are moving to the negative uh, we, we might we might we might act otherwise but I don't want at this stage to be negative let's say we've started a trend which is going to go up uh, it won't be a trend which goes back and given what we've been talking about that in the skills pipeline to me that's what is key what are we all doing for development what is Rabi doing for the rural areas in the Northern Cape, in the Eastern Cape, uh, in Guazulu Natal, not just in the metro, in the metropolitan cities. So, and uh, I just hope that they will keep on. And if they are going to be assisted by the department, there's no way that we can reverse. The deadline for the submission of that detailed bid document, including government guarantees, is expected on the 1st of next month. School sport in the latest report has been clearly identified as a major threat to SA's sports long-term well-being. This is on the back of the Memorandum of Understanding between the Department of Sport and Recreation and the Department of Basic Education that has not been fully effected in recent years. Messi, a former president of the South African Democratic Teachers Union, knows the importance of involving the unions in sorting this out. Part of my consultation which I'm going to have with the Ministry of Education is exactly to deal with those issues and remember by legislation uh, those schools and school sport it's under that but the actual practice those are run by the federations that's why they must be working together um, between the two departments and part of that consultation also involves the unions and you can't impose on the unions you will have to discuss with the unions and come to terms with the unions. Just like last year, the EPG report also paints a gloomy picture for sporting codes with predominantly white and unchanging demographics. Presenting the sport, the secretariat of the EPG, Dr. Vili Basson, reiterated these sporting codes have to focus on developing 22 million under 18 black African population to counter the negative impact of the declining 500,000 white population. He didn't mince his words on what these sporting codes should do to address this challenge. The report points to a number of areas that we have to prioritize. The need to prioritize school sport and youth development is very central. This is about equity and redress, but also about the sustainability of the codes at the highest level. And this EPG describes school sports as the Achilles heel of the whole sporting system, including the high-performance sport. Because the argument which they are putting forward here is that the present strategy of some sports codes of effectively relying on a handful of ex-Model C and private schools as their pipeline for identifying talent, it's not sustainable. And the demographic projections indicate that both in absolute numbers and in percentage terms, the strategy will become unsustainable in the medium to long run. And in cruder terms, colleagues, the numbers and percentage of the black kids in the township and rural schools will increase. The numbers and percentages of other groups is declining, as well as what you call the black middle class, or the percentage of the middle class kids in well-developed schools, whose numbers are increasing. So you are going to have to focus on those rural and township schools. 
For the second year running, the South African Football Association scored high percentages in all of its transformation targets, the only sporting code, uh, sporting code rather, to achieve this. But just like Mbalula had highlighted last year, Messi didn't hide his displeasure on the lack of progress on the school's football saga. He sent a strong message to the SAFA leadership to finalise this matter. SAFM Sports Wrap. Time to chat some Super Rugby now. And you would have heard in my bulletin on PM Live this afternoon that uh, story with uh, Sansa cutting back on the amount of teams in Super Rugby for 2018, uh, I think, is a long way from its conclusion. We join now by senior writer at SA Rugby Mag, Craig Lewis. Craig, welcome on to the show once again. Nice to, nice to touch base. News surfacing that the Rebels have launched a, a legal bid to, to stay in Super Rugby in 2018. This, this story's uh, a long way from being finished. Yeah, Brad, it would look like it. Um, very interestingly, as you say today, the news kind of just started coming out that you know, obviously the Brevels aren't quite going down without a fight, and they clearly feel they have a right to be in Super Rugby, and they're going to you know, not just uh, lie down and accept their fate, and it could, could be quite an interesting few weeks that we have uh, lying ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Craig, from a, from a tournament perspective, I personally believe that less would be better, but it, it becomes really difficult when you do have to cut teams, and, and obviously one Australian team's going to lose out, two South African teams. Saru hasn't said who the two South African teams are just yet, but it is widely believed that it's going to be the Kings and, and the Cheetahs. What happens if, if the Rebels win this case, and uh, they, they don't have to give up their, their license in Super Rugby? That's going to throw a major spanner in the works. Yeah, I think we've seen it's becoming a real mess. You know, interestingly, when uh, Sanzo announced they're going to cut uh, three teams, you know, they quite, you know, the Australian Rugby Union quite boldly said, listen, within 24 to 48 hours, we will have announced which, uh, you know, which team we're going to be cutting. And then suddenly, you know, obviously the, the force and rebels were expected to be the, the most, or one of the two were expected to be the, the likely candidate. Um, and, you know, the force came out and said, listen, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to accept that. We believe we have a right to be here. They started uh, launching uh, legal applications to, to kind of fight it. Um, and the Rebels have come out and gone, you know, we too. The, the interesting thing is the Rebels are privately owned, you know. So they, they kind of have a footing in terms of uh, being able to fight it perhaps a little bit, um, or perhaps a little bit uh, better than uh, the force can because they, you know, the, the Australia Rugby Union effectively have to buy the rights back from them. Um, but it's, yeah, it's clearly turning into a messy matter, um, legal proceedings taking place. And, yeah, if it's... You know, the cut doesn't happen from an Australian perspective. Maybe they have to look at it and go, we can't scrap anyone. And maybe that means they're free for the cheaters and the kings. I mean, when I saw that, I was like, I cannot believe it. Let's talk about the South African implications. And uh, I I think all of us agree that for South African rugby to get better, we do need better quality rugby week in and week out, not necessarily more rugby. And and I think that is one of the downsides of Super Rugby at the moment, and particularly the the format of the tournament where we don't, or all the franchises don't get to play uh, the the best teams uh, week in and week out. And we've seen what's happened with the Stormers, for example, on their tour of, of New Zealand, the way they've been blown away. I know Saru have come out and also said financially, it's just they cannot afford to have all the teams in. They have to make that cut. Do we do we foresee any of the South African teams, whether it is the Kings or, or the Cheetahs, who, who do sort of get the cut fighting this decision legally? Yeah, well, I mean, the, there's also a little bit of word that the, the Cheetahs have um, you know, consulted uh, certain legal teams to see where they stand. You know, it's all been a bit of a presumption going based on you know, predominantly performance that it will be the Cheetahs and the Kings. But it's a huge, um, you know, it's a huge factor when one considers the, the Kings are meant to be the, 
you know, this franchise that was going to be built up, that was going to tap into the, you know, the, uh, the, the black pool of talent that we have down in the Eastern Cape. Uh, suddenly all those grand promises kind of now have fallen away and it seems like they're the definite one who are going to face the axe. And, and they really have responded quite positively in Super Rugby over the last few weeks and kind of showing people what they're capable of with a bit of, uh, you know, support and um, better coaching and better time to, to actually get their structures in place. And the Cheetahs, well, I mean, they often are seen as a you know, second-favorite team to a lot of people, but they haven't really performed up to standard. And, and, you know, their coach, Franco Smith, has come out and gone, listen, we've really been battling to perform based on the pressure we felt, knowing that we're going to be cut. Um, so it's really turning into, a, you know, a, a really messy matter. And Ezra Rugby has, you know, admi- admittedly come out now and gone, listen, we've made a huge mistake in, in trying to um, expand, and we've probably taken on more than we, you know, but not more than we can chew, really. Um, and now they're trying to backtrack, and it's not it's not that easy. And and looking ahead, let, let's say that they do cut the two teams. We we've seen what's happened in the past, where where you've tried to amalgamate franchises with with the Cats when the Cheetahs and the Lions were were sort of put together. That experiment didn't work, and and now we're going to have to try and incorporate two two teams into the current franchises. You use the word messy. I think that's a, a perfect way to describe it. Yeah, I think that's the other thing. You know, the, the problem is, you know, some people are like, you know, trying to find uh, other solutions and go, well, should we go back to some form of amalgamation, make it more regional? But we've seen that that really doesn't work. And at the end of the day, if you if you look at it, you know, just um, practically, can anyone see the the sharks, the stormers, the bulls, or the lions really being cut from the competition or being forced into a merger? They they're not going to accept that. So if that becomes the, the solution, then we're going to have legal battles and, uh, you know, problems with that. So, you know, that's not going to be an easy solution if they suddenly suddenly becomes a case of not cutting two teams but trying to find a form of amalgamation. There's, you know, there's no clear-cut solution now. Um, And FA Rugby has clearly identified that they have to cut teams, but just who it's going to be is not quite as clear. And, um, you know, they've got a little bit of time on their hands and the meetings taking place, the franchise committee is going to look at it they put out the criteria that is going to be prioritised in terms of getting to that point. But I don't think it's going to be quite as easy as uh, maybe we think it is. And just as Australia has seen, uh, you know, teams don't want to get it cut out of uh, Super Rugby. And the Cheetahs, I'm sure, are going to fight strongly. And the Kings are putting up a pretty good case of late. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you, you look at teams, uh, I think the Kings are definitely putting their hand up that they want to play Super Rugby. There's a couple of the bigger franchises uh, who, who look uh, totally, totally disinterested. We're not going to mention any names, but uh, yeah, I've spoken about it on the show uh, in the weeks uh, gone by. It's, I think this is a long way from seeing its conclusion. I think it's sad because it, uh, it has been a great tournament, but I think uh, yeah, it is under massive, massive threats. Craig Lewis, thank you so much for joining us here on SAFM this evening. Much appreciated. We look forward to, to catching up against you. My pleasure. Always good to chat. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, we've been talking lots about what's happening in the domestic football league as we head towards its conclusion, and I think we're still in for an exciting finish. Whereas in England, uh, things have been uh, a bit more one way, yeah, I think we can say, with Chelsea really dominating, and uh, they are on the cusp uh, of uh, winning the title this season, particularly after their win last night, 3-0, uh, the margin of victory at Stamford Bridge over Middlesbrough, and in doing so, 
condemning Middlesbrough to uh, the First Division next season. We're joined now by footballing pundit and massive Arsenal fan, I might add, Justin Turin. Justin, welcome on to uh, SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Before we chat about what's happening at the top of the table, uh, we need to we need to get it out the way. Arsenal beating United on on Sunday. Uh, I'm surprised we 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 able to chat to you on a Tuesday. That that's huge. <laughs> Yeah, it's not too often that I've chatted to you after Arsenal have actually had a decent win over a decent opposition. And yeah, it was, it was good to get uh, finally get a win for Wenger uh, under Mourinho um, in the Premier League. I mean, it was nice to get a win in that. And I must be honest with you, probably wasn't Man United's strongest team that they've ever put out. I mean, they had a lot of injuries with Pogba, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Um, it wasn't definitely their strongest team, but uh, a win against United will take every single day of the week. So uh, nice to see uh, that Arsenal managed to get uh, a win against one of the uh, top six oppositions. We, we seem to be so terrible against the top six uh, over the last five, ten years or so. So, yeah, it was nice to get uh, three points and uh, nice to finally sit and not be screaming and shouting at my TV while Arsenal's playing. <laughs> Absolutely, but uh, three points are important at this stage of the season, particularly like you say, uh, against a fellow top uh, top six side. Because uh, yes, they're not in contention for the title, but there are spots in in Europe up for grabs, and and obviously the higher you can finish on that table, the better. You, your thoughts on on Arsenal possibly picking up one of those Europa League spots? Yeah, I think Europa League is probably more realistic. Uh, it seems like Jose is kind of trying to go the way of winning Europa League and getting into the Champions League that way. Obviously, that would still leave a position open, uh, the top four for the Premier League. And that. But, yeah, uh, I think Arsenal has still got a lot of to try and do. I can't see Arsenal finishing in, in the top four. I must be 100% honest with you. We've still got uh, Southampton, which uh, Arsenal seems to stumble when they, when they play uh, Southampton fairly often. Um, and we've got them, obviously, tomorrow night. Uh, we've also got uh, a trip to Stoke, which isn't always fun. Um, so, yeah, Arsenal got some tough games still to come. And, sheesh, I know we've got a couple of games in hand over the other top six uh, opposition, but I would be extremely surprised to see, uh, to see Arsenal make it into the top four. Having said that, Liverpool also is stumbling a little bit uh, as they're getting towards the end now. It kind of looked like they, they were home and dry and that they were going to make the top four position, but they've kind of opened it all up. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, every game at the moment just seems to be changing so much and changing the, the table so much. And that Arsenal obviously still got four more games to play. I mean, the likes of Liverpool only have two more games left to play. So, yeah, at the moment, uh, it's, it's pretty much must win uh, for every single team. Every All the top six teams want to win the rest of their games. And um, unfortunately, at the moment, it's not entirely in Arsenal's hands. So, not sure if we're going to make a top four position. If I had to put my money down... I'd probably say that uh, City and United are, are, are going to end uh, in the top four alongside Chelsea and, and Spurs, um, if I had to put a prediction down right now. Let's talk about Chelsea. They've, they've been superb this season. There's no two ways about it. Uh, they, I think they're one point away from, from clinching their title. And, and uh, I mean, something drastic has to happen. You can't see it not happening. But uh, probably fair, fair value and, and uh, deserved, deserved champions. I don't want to count chickens before they hatch, but uh, they have had a, had a great season under, under Conte. Absolutely. I mean, uh, they, can, they can wrap it up this Friday night uh, against West Brom. They are going to the Hawthorne. So it's going to be a little bit of a tricky game. Fortunately, West Brom don't really have too much to pay for. They're not going to make a, a European uh, position uh, this season, and they're not in a relegation battle at all. They're sitting eighth at the moment. So, yeah, they don't really have too much to play. And those are kind of the teams that you want to be playing right at the stage of the, of the season. You want to be playing teams that are kind of mid-table, not fighting for a European position, but not uh, going to be relegated. So that's kind of where West Brom are at the moment. I, I, I must be honest, I, if Chelsea win on Friday night, that's it. Uh, Tottenham cannot catch them. So mathematically, they will be crowned champions on Friday night. And, and I'll probably see it happening. And, and as you said, I think uh, fully deserved of Chelsea. I mean, to, to 
turn that team around at the end of 10th last season. One man's come in there, Antonio Conte, and I mean, all credit to him. He's just an incredible manager. He seems like one of those guys that just gets on with the job. He's not interested in the limelight, and he's not interested in all this politics and that that comes in there. And uh, he, just, he just gets on with the job. And, and I think uh, hats off to Chelsea and, and, and the players that have just turned up for Antonio Conte. And he's just, he's just done something incredible. I mean, he's brought a, a wizard in there um, with Conte in midfield. But other than that, it's pretty much the same team that ended 10th last season. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, as much as Spurs have been really, really good this season, um, Chelsea have just been a class above the rest and are fully deserving to be champions. And, and in all likelihood, I can see that happening on Friday night at the Hawthorns. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, and Chelsea's just full of superstars. Uh, superstars. I think Spurs, uh, I think special mention does need to go to, to, to them. They, they've had a superb season as well and uh, coming so close once again. And, and they don't have uh, a team full of superstars. They've got some great players, but not, not on the likes of uh, a Chelsea and a, and a Man City for, for that matter. But let's talk bottom of the table. Sunderland uh, are going down. Last night, Middlesbrough confirmed. Uh, it's sad to see. But uh, yeah, looking at looking at teams like Hull and Swansea, possibly Palace, uh, nervy nervy few few weeks. Yeah, those are the teams that you definitely don't want to be playing if there's still something for your team to play for. I mean, the likes of uh, Palace, Swansea, and Hull—they could all be going down. Um, I mean, even Watford and Burnley at this stage. Uh, I mean, I know that they they kind of are pretty much there, but you just need Hull to pull off two wins. And somehow, like, it there's wins in there and that, and then all of a sudden they're in the battle. I'd probably say Burnley and Watford are, are in the, in the clear there. Um, I mean, mathematically, they're not 100% in the clear, but they, they should be home and dry. I, Hull haven't been good enough for me this season. Palace, I, I don't know, I felt like they've had a decent season. Uh, I think they've had a couple of unfortunate results. They, they picked up points against the big teams. I mean, they beat Arsenal, they beat, they beat Liverpool, they love to play Liverpool and beat them, and that's so They've beaten the big teams. Their, their biggest struggle at Palace this season was, was the smaller teams, um, not the bigger teams. So, if, again, if I had to put my money down, I'd probably say that it's going to stay the way that it is, um, and that whole city will probably go down. Um, but yeah, also exciting times to see the likes of Newcastle United coming up and joining now in, in, in the Premier League and that and there's obviously the playoff schools coming out so always nice to see the teams that have just fallen out and been out for a couple of seasons now come and join again and see what they can they can bring to the Premier League and see their fight next season for, for Premier League survival yeah no doubt it's going to be good to see Newcastle back in top flight football Justin Tureen thank you so much for your time once again here on SAFM Sport Chat much appreciated uh, we look forward to chatting again soon and uh, enjoy the Arsenal Southampton game this week definitely will do thanks so much Brad SAFM Sports Wrap before I go, just uh, some news a little bit earlier on today. This African women's cricket team were playing their second match in a quadrangular series that's taking place in Potchefstroom against India. And uh, they were dismissed for 119 runs in 39 and a half overs, which uh, honestly is just not good enough. And they were made to pay India uh, in reply, 121 for three in 41.2 overs, winning that one by seven wickets. And the other match in the day, Zimbabwe up against uh, their Irish women counterparts. Uh, Ireland batting first, 209 all outs. Zimbabwe getting the total, 211 for four with 18 balls remaining, so a great win there uh, for Zimbabwe as well. In some live cricket action taking place now in the IPL, the Kings 11 Punjab batting first against uh, the Kolkata Knight Riders, 167 for 6, uh, the Kings 11.
Colcats on Mike Riders, 64 for one in reply. They need another 104 runs of 13 overs with nine wickets remaining. And in some cycling news, big story today as well is that three times Tour de France champion Chris Froome was involved in a hit and run incident while training in southern France. The team Sky Rider, who's not riding in this year's Euro, but he's training for the upcoming Tour de France, was unhurt in the incident. French police are investigating. And speaking of the Giro, stage four today was won by Slovakia's uh, Jan Polench of Team Emirates, Inar Zakarin of Katusha Alpesin finishing second with Grant Thomas uh, from Sky in third. The GC as it stands right now, Bob Jungles of Quickstep Floors uh, ahead of Grant Thomas of Team Sky. Six seconds the margin uh, there. Adam Yates of uh, Great Britain from Orica Scott sitting in thirds. And that's it for today's SAFM Sport Trap. Thank you to my team in Johannesburg for keeping things together. Coming up on the other side of 7 o'clock, it is the talk shop with Naledi Malayo. I'll be back again tomorrow afternoon on PM Live. We've got more sport for you tomorrow morning with Janet Whitten on AM Live. If you've got any questions or suggestions, you can email sport at safm.co.za. You can also be in touch via social media at SAFM Radio is where you can find us. Or you can reach out to me personally at Big Brad Brown across all the platforms. Hope you have yourself a great evening. Craig Coase has got your news. It is 7 o'clock.